Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5, if you would, please. Let's get into the word. Let's break it down together. Galatians chapter 5, I'm going to review a few of the verses that we hit last week. Galatians 5, 6. Galatians 5, 6. So look at what the Apostle Paul is saying here. He says, for when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. That was all law, right? Okay. And he's talking about the spiritual benefit of it. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. We went over that quite a bit last week. That is very, very important. Faith expressing itself in love. We mentioned this Sunday, and this is just the basics of your faith in Jesus, the basics of your, you being a believer, is loving God and loving others. Faith expressing itself in love toward God and toward others. Okay? Let's keep rolling. Verse 7, he says, you were running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? You ever, you ever watch the Olympics? I like the Olympics. Um, you've seen these world-class athletes running a race. Remember, what was his name? Usain Bolt? Man, fast. I think he's like 6'5 and ran a 9-point-something in the 100-meter, just blazing fast. Tall, long, and strong. But I remember watching some of these races, and once in a while you'll see someone get injured. You ever seen that? They pull a hamstring or tear one, and they just stop, and you know something's wrong. Uh-oh. They were running the race so well. This says, who has held you back from following the truth? You were doing so good in your newfound faith. Scripture likens our faith to running a race. Now, one gospel hip-hop artist years ago, he said, the faith of the, is a race, but it's not the NASCAR races, okay? It's more like a marathon. I will add that to his lyrics. It's more like a marathon. Say, man, I'm going to sprint and just, no, man. The race is, it's not always given, Scripture says, to the swift or the strong. But for those that, King James Version, persevere or endure until the end. Right? Say, man, remember the turtle and the, and the hare, H-A-R-E? The turtle and the rabbit? I remember watching that cartoon in my grandma's when I was a little boy, and I remember going, that rabbit is so dumb. How is he not, how, how is he supposed to lose this thing? But the little turtle was steady, steady, consistent, consistent, consistent. Man, I'm going to hit that up this Sunday about being consistent in what you do for God, okay, especially in reaching out to God. You're running the race so well, who has held you back from following the truth? Look at what he follows this up with, though. It certainly isn't God, for he is the one who called you to what? Freedom. He didn't, he didn't hold you back. It's amazing what people blame God for. It's amazing. I've heard stuff before. I'm like, why are we putting that on God? And if we don't understand, we need, to, we need to be like Job. You read the book of Job? He says, I place my hand over my mouth. That has always been such a good visual reminder for me, and I need that. Some of you husbands, boyfriends, whatever, your, your lady talk, complains about you not talking enough. I, my wife says, baby, can we have quiet now? So not my problem, being too quiet. 
it's one of my love languages is communication. It just hypes me up, and I love to talk and, and, and shoot the breeze and stuff. And, and my wife goes, okay, okay, um, um, I'm working on something. <laughs> she was working on something for Instagram, and she was doing a write-up or something, and I kept interrupt, interrupting her. I'd say, hey, and I'd call across the house, and I said, baby, you always call to me across the house. She goes, yeah, but not when you're writing. She goes, when is it you're sitting down here at the house writing and preparing for a sermon? I said, rarely. I said, I do that elsewhere. She goes, exactly. I'm working on something. I said, yeah, you got a point. You got a valid point there, right? So <laughs> let's go back. Let's go back to the previous one there. It certainly isn't God, for he is the one who called you to freedom. Okay? God called you to freedom. So don't blame him. Don't blame him for stuff. Don't blame him for crazy stuff. Don't do it. Be careful what you say about God. And I'm telling you, I, I got into all that because there's times I have to almost place my hand over my mouth like Job, just in life. I'm like, oh, I need to, I need to respond to that. No, no, you don't have to respond to everything. And you don't need to, you don't need to blame God for all these things. You don't. I know you as believers, you're probably getting pretty good at not blaming God for things, but it's amazing to me what people blame God for. It isn't God who's, who's holding you back and keeping you from running the race well, for he is the one who called you to what? Freedom. He's not going to impede you or hold you back. Let's keep going. Galatians 5.9. This false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. What is yeast for? A baker's in the house. Hmm? Causes it to rise, huh? You can just put a little bit in there. Scripture says a little bit of yeast, or it, it'll 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 leaven the whole thing. It'll make it all rise, right? It propagates, it spreads in there. So this false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. Hmm. I feel like dirt spreads here in this town. Have y'all noticed that? Today I thought, oh man, it's so beautiful today, and then I looked. I was driving, and I went. Is that dust in the air? Oh, man, here it comes. It's just all throughout. And you get it. I've, I've chewed gum out, out on spring days and had crunchy gum. Have any of y'all ever had that? If you haven't, you just don't want to admit it maybe. But it's like that little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. Just dust. Get in every, it gets into everything. Everything. Let's keep going. I'm trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teachings. Wow, we need that more than ever. We need that more than ever. People tell you some crazy stuff. They'll preach it. They'll preach from the pulpit. Oh, man, you, it, we need to not hate. We need to walk in. We need to love to the point that, you, you know, men should marry men and women should marry women. I mean, I'm telling you, they will preach that from the pulpit. We accept everybody here. I need you all to know that. Everybody. Lesbians, homosexuals, gay men, um, trans. We accept everybody here, and we love them, but we're going to keep preaching the word. Say, man, the word's offensive. Well, cover your ears or do something, but it's coming. The word, it's here. We got we to repeat what he says. Jeremiah said, it's like a fire shut up in my bones. We got to be able to do it in love. We got to express our faith in love. But man, you, at, at some point, you got to speak up, right? He says, I'm trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teachings. There's a lot of those out there. God will judge that person, whoever he is, who has been confusing you. <laughs> Wow, he's going to deal with us, but he's going to deal with those that are preaching false doctrine. It's out there. It is out there. Dear brothers and sisters, if I were still preaching that you must be circumcised, as some say I do, why am I still being persecuted? If I were what? If I were 
no longer preaching salvation through the cross of Christ, no one would be offended. So he's saying, man, when I preach salvation through the cross of Christ, it offends people. Why? I, I, want, I want some feedback tonight. Why do you think the cross is offensive? Anybody? We're going to have some good answers. These are going to be good answers. Why, why is the cross offensive to people? It's a reminder, sure, sure. Really does, especially for the new covenant. I mean, and there's all kinds of God's truth in what happened on the cross. There is. And people don't like truth. Remember I was telling you guys I saw a documentary about a year, year ago? And the guy, I think he was a Catholic guy, but he was interviewing a guy about something about gender identity or what, women or something. And, and, and the guy said, what about the truth? And the guy said, the truth is harsh and condescending. What? So we're not going to deal with the truth anymore? We're just going to make up stuff? Why do you think the cross is offensive? How about sin? How about telling someone, if you don't accept Jesus, <clears throat> the penalty is death, and eternal death and separation from God is, is to burn in hell. Isn't that crazy? And I don't run around just throwing that out like a grenade. But I th I'm really thinking about starting to interview people with my handy little trusty dusty iPhone, you know, you can just make great video now anywhere. And I want to start interviewing people around town randomly and ask them what about what do they think about heaven and hell? I think I'm going to try that. It'd be a fun way to witness too. And we're going to get some crazy opinions. We may put it up here. We'll see how it goes. I'm going to get some advice from Valeria, but I'm telling you the cross is offensive. You can say, "Oh, I believe in God." People say, "I believe in God." And then you go, "Yeah, but I believe that the blood of Jesus saves you." Oh, man. People start, they start getting antsy. Believe whatever you want, unless it's Jesus and his blood, and that there, there is sin. It's offensive. Him preaching salvation through the cross of Christ, it was offending people. Has anything changed in 2,000 years? Nope. Still offends a lot of people. I've heard men and women of God over the years say, if it offends you, repent. <laughs> if they're telling the truth based on the word, then okay, let's keep going. I just wish, now this is harsh. He's doing a play on words, even in the, the original Greek. He's saying, I just wish that those troublemakers who want to mutilate you by circumcision would mutilate themselves. I'm not going to get any deeper into that because it gets a little graphic in the, in the Greek and it's not dirty or anything, but it's, it's harsh. I just wish that those troublemakers who want to mutilate you by circumcision would mutilate themselves. He said, basically saying they're focusing on the wrong thing. They're focusing on the wrong thing. People telling you, oh, man, when was the last time you did this, this religious thing, and here it is, you got to have all this stuff. Man, some of the craziest, weirdest people I've ever met are the most religious. Religious is the opposite of relationship with God through Jesus. It is. He's called us to have a relationship with himself. Religion, the letter of the law, it kills, it brings death. Life comes through the Spirit. Freedom comes through the Spirit and walking in love, and walking in a true covenant, true new covenant life. I wish that they would be mutilated themselves. Let's move on. For you have been called to live in what? Freedom. Praise God. I'm doing a freedom workshop right now. I believe the first class was successful. We're going to make some tweaks, and I believe God is moving in there. You've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Huh. I was talking to Dad Brown about this. Was it a week or two ago? So much has happened since then, Dad. 
But, you know, the subject of alcohol is a gray area to many people. Okay? You can get into that. Say, man, alcohol is not going to send me to hell. Okay. But here's why I don't drink. Number one, number one, I don't know what all is exactly in my family tree. I know some of it because I've dealt with it. You say, man, I struggle with lust and this and that. And that's a human condition for men or women. Okay, great. But, man, alcohol and substances, I cannot even imagine with this personality. Really. I've had seasons where I, I played chess too much. Really. Things get addictive to me and repetitive. And that, I, I guess it's my escape. I don't know. But I've got, I've got to be balanced with stuff. So, I mean, I don't know. So one of the reasons I don't drink is I don't know what's in my family tree. I'm just not going to open the door to that. Another reason I don't drink is because people's freedom to do whatever they claim they can do, it can turn into bondage later on because it can get worse and worse and worse and worse, right? And dad brought this up. All of a sudden, you're not a good example anymore. What difference is there between you and the world? I've seen believers preach that. Is basically, now come to Jesus as a fire escape, but keep living like you want. That's not scriptural. That's not what the epistles teach. And people will bounce away from the epistles and go to Jesus when it's convenient because he didn't mention something specifically. And then they'll bounce away from Jesus if he mentioned something they didn't like and go to the epistles. You can't have it both ways. But I do know this. You've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. Don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. I had a man of God years ago tell me, brother, I'm free, I'm free. And I knew what he meant, and he was kind of kidding about it, but we're not free to sin. Okay? Instead, use your what? Use your freedom to serve one another in love. God has called you to be a light and an example, not a stumbling block. And it's crazy to me. People in Alcoholics Anonymous or whatever, they'll say, I am an alcoholic. Man, I think everybody has the propensity to become an alcoholic. Everybody. Everybody. So we got to be careful with stuff like that. And that's one of the examples tonight. You know I don't condone drinking. You say, man, is it going to send people to hell? Well, I didn't say that. But man, can it lead in that direction? Sure. Any addiction can. Any idol that is placed before God can, can send us in the wrong direction for eternity. Okay, so let's read that again. Let's read that whole verse again. You've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Amen. That is good. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Tell me how. Well, if I, if I love you, I'm not going to cheat. If I love you, I'm not going to steal from you. If I love you, I'm not going to covet the things you have. Whether it's your wife or your, <laughs> we're talking Old Testament here, your donkey. Does anyone own a donkey in here? I'm not going to desire your pet donkey. I think donkeys are cool. I've never owned one. They just, they're funny to me and cute. I don't know why. They're just, I don't know. I think they even, is it true that they stomp on rattlesnakes? Is that true? Really? They'll put a donkey in there with horses to protect them, right? I thought I heard that. What an odd fact. They'll stomp on rattlesnakes. See how useful they are? Love your neighbor as yourself. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to cheat. I'm not going to steal from you. I'm not going to covet your stuff. And if I love the Lord, I'm not going to have idols before him. If I love my parents, I'm going to honor them. Really? You say, man, I, do I have to agree with my parents to honor them? Mm -mm. No. I agree on most things 
with both dads, with pastor dad and big dad. I agree on most things. But there's things we don't agree on sometimes, but we love each other and we respect each other. And I treat them with honor and respect. All right? Love your neighbor as yourself. It sums up the entire law. Powerful. Let's keep going. Uh-oh. He says, but if you are always biting and devouring one another, <laughs> wow. Watch out. Beware of destroying one another. You know, Scripture says that, I believe it was Jesus himself said they will know, know us by our love, right? Did you know the world is watching us right now? They're watching us, and they're watching how we treat each other. And that whole thing, I don't buy that because churches have problems and humans have problems and nothing's perfect. And this is a fabulous church and I'm a little bit biased, right? But the people use the excuse of, well, I don't go to church. There's too many hypocrites. Man, there's more hypocrites in the bar and more hypocrites in Walmart. There's people stealing at Walmart telling others not to steal. And there's people stealing at Walmart going, I don't go to church because there's hypocrites. Really? People cheating and lying and stealing and going to the bar and going like this with their wedding ring. I don't go to church, man. It's full of hypocrites. Dude, shut up. I don't want to hear you say that again. Shut up. Unless you're holier than, than you know, Jesus. Don't, don't, I don't want to hear that. But here, let me get back to this point. We've got to really walk in love with each other. Walk in love with everyone, but man... Man, honor and love other believers. You really need to go out of your way to honor each other. Scripture says we should outdo each other in honoring one another. Try to out, trust, be, be real, don't be fake, but man, love each other. Don't be biting and devouring one another. Watch out, because otherwise we lead to destruction, right? Strife brings confusion and every evil work. We don't want that. The main thing is, yes, hang out there. The main thing is, Faith expressing itself through love, right? I'm going to close with this verse tonight, Galatians 5.16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Remember, the Holy Spirit will never contradict God's word. You got that? Let me say that a few times. The Holy Spirit will never contradict God's word. Because people say, well, I got a prophecy and it's just different. You've never heard this before. I've heard stuff like that. Man, I got a prophecy. I'm like, that contradicts God's word. It's not from God. Had a friend, he was at a conference. Oh, somebody walked up to him and said, God's going to give you a wife this year. He said, oh, that's weird because I'm already married. <laughs> and she said, oh, oh, man. And look at this. Look at the lying spirit. She goes, no, what I meant is he's going to give you a spiritual wife. What does that mean? You liar. So I say let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. See how that ties into not letting your freedom turn into bondage? Wow. Satisfying the flesh and satisfying the flesh is a dangerous path. So I say let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. You know what the Satanic Bible says? No, I've not read it. I kind of studied up on the founder of the Satanic Church one time, and I know of him, Anton LaVey. Founded it in 1969, two odd numbers, in San Francisco, I believe. But in the, his Satanic Bible, one of his commandments is, please yourself. Hmm. Fits, doesn't it? 
So I say let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. You know why he became a Satanist? He said church was full of hypocrites. Isn't that interesting? He said, man, I'd see, I'd see these people acting like the devil on Saturday night, and then they'd go to church. Well, that doesn't mean you don't serve God, right? Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Let's go ahead and pray, if you would, please. Bow those heads. Close those eyes. Father, we give you glory tonight. If there's anyone in this house who has never accepted Jesus or made him the Lord of their lives, you say, man, if I died, I don't know where I'd go. I don't know if I'd go to heaven or hell. Well, good news, brother and sister. Good news. Jesus made a way where we can spend eternity with him in heaven. It's by accepting him. Is there anyone in this house who needs to accept Jesus and make him the Lord of their life? If that's you, raise your hand, please. If that's you. All right. And if not, I want you to pray with me so that those on YouTube and those on Facebook Live get the benefit of this prayer of salvation. Pray this with me. Say, Heavenly Father. I'm sorry for my sin. Only you can cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. I need you. I'm a sinner without you. So I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Change me. Cleanse me. Save me, Lord. Say, I believe that Jesus died and rose again for me. Thank you for hearing me, Lord. I am a new person. In Christ Jesus, in Jesus' name. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for your people tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this great time we had together. And Lord, may your word fall on good ground because there was something in there for everybody. Because it's your word. Not because of me. I'm just a simple messenger, Lord. But your word is, your word is best. Your will is right. Your will is best. And we know that your word is your will. And your will is your word. It's your perfect will. Your word is your perfect will. And we pray your word. We pray your will. And we submit to you, Lord God. And I thank you for all these people in this house who love you tonight. And we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen.